If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Show me which constellations you're in. Oh, I don't know any. Show me which ones you know. Okay. Okay. Oh, there's Osidius. Where? Right there. Sort of a swoop and a cross. Osidius the emphatic. You're full of shit, right? Nope. Osidius, right there. Swoop across. Shut the fuck up! You are listening to Always Record, episode 113, from thesyncbook.com. Well, I'd be doggone if I wouldn't work all day. That happened? That did happen. We just, that, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that totally just happened. It was really funny. It's like a sync. We should, you know what we should do? A show about synchronicity. That kind of that, shit sort of happens to guys like us. And then talk about the synchronicity and relate to others. Okay, I'm recording, by the way. Uh, do you have yours going? I do, yes. Okay. Let's see if we can add a plate to this call. Let me just oh, go. Not, not David. I'm going to do one thing. I'll be right back. No, not David Pete. I'll be right back. Not David Pete. David Plate. Is this? No, this is probably not the right David either. Who the fuck is that, David? Okay. I'm back. Is David here? or? I don't know. You are here. You should ask him. Is Kevin going to be here? Uh, you know that I I didn't get a res- I didn't see a response, which makes this whole thing fucking hilarious, right? Because it was like, okay, well, we, maybe we could do something Monday night. All right, great. And then suddenly, nothing. Nothing. It's flaccid. It's a flaccid situation. I know what you're I'm, talking about. I'm fucking I'm hard and ready to go. No, no, no. I'm, I'm ready saying, to stick. I am ready to doesn't stick matter, myself It doesn't every... matter how ready you are to go. If you don't have, you know, your, your, it, takes, it takes four to tango, my friend. You could, you could be rock hard and ready to go if the fucking cameras aren't rolling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the, the, you know, the gangbang isn't situated. You're just sitting, sitting there. It's still a flaccid situation. It doesn't matter how hard you are. 
It's kind of like wah wah wah. Our daisy chain is like Voltron with a missing iron dong. <laughs> you said it, man. <laughs> everything everything changes so remarkably from Thursdays in the afternoon to Tuesdays in the evenings, or whatever night this is. What is this? Monday? Fucking Monday already. Jesus Shit. Christ. I can't catch up with myself. You know what I mean? I'm all kinds of confused. I'm yeah. like I'm like steps ahead of myself and I never arrive, it seems, sometimes. I'm That's like, really... where the fuck am I? I'm over there doing something. Meanwhile, I'm back here watching myself do something, being like, shit, if I could just catch up to that fucker. Do you ever play Mario Kart for Super Nintendo? Mario? Mario Kart. Dude, I I played a ton of Mario Kart for Nintendo 64. Uh, but uh, not so much for Super Nintendo. I played uh, F Zero for Nintendo. Uh, Sorry, I don't know if I don't know if the sixty four one had it, but you could basically you can race against your best time. You race a ghost. Oh yeah, 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 you, yeah, you can still do that. Yeah. Exactly. So like you see yourself ahead of you, and you can't fucking beat him. Yeah. As you're saying this, that's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing little David oh. in a ghost totally. Mario Kart. David. Totally. Well, it's the fucking turtles get in my way. You know, I want to throw. I want to collect the turtle so I can throw it, but it keeps on opening up before I throw it. Your flaccid dick up. is turtle dick. Yeah, yeah, it's all curled up in the shell. Doesn't even want to come out anymore. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? Why should I come out? I'm just gonna have to curl back up afterwards anyway. You know. Yo, it is so fucking cold here lately. <laughs> um, I have this. I was in the pool. I have this green turtleneck, right? Uh huh. But when I put it on and I look in the mirror. All I can see is Jack Nicholson in The Shining <laughs> when he's kind of like looking out the window like he's on heroin or something. Right. Yeah. That lo- I cannot wear this fucking turtleneck without feeling like it's like that's it. That's what I look like. I look like fucking Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And I'm like <laughs> of all of all the people talking right? about talking about the sexual innuendos in The Shining, you know, Mark Claire and everyone, everyone and their sister, no one mentions that the turtleneck looks an awful lot like foreskin. You know what I mean? And ah. he's he's sta- standing there at the window with the schmuck. He's a schmuck at the window. You know, like a leprechaun's dick. It's like a leprechaun dick, basically, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. <laughs> My four leaf clover gives me some good schmuck. My good schmuck clover. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it has been very cold. It's been like snowing here. It's and been a t- it's been a tit nipply like here, days. but not like you over there. We got fucking you got to come out here. We got fucking palm trees. We got women riding bicycles in shorts. You know what I'm saying? I'm in. That's gotta, what I've heard. <laughs> in shorts. I'm really my. I'm practically <laughs> transparent. I mean, I can't be in the sun very long. To be perfectly honest, I would need really? like an umbrella. I'd be the guy walking around with a black umbrella. But that's like, that's yeah, cool. I have my feet next sunny to a, I have my feet next to a space heater cranked on high. Wow. I could that, use that a, kill. Yeah. I could use a fucking palm tree short wearing bicycle girl right now. Well <laughs> Well What's stopping you? I'm just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Do man. people do people still rollerblade? I really want to rollerblade again. I want yeah, to Yeah, sometimes cool I again. see people rollerblading on the cliffs. 
Okay, not not just old people, like people my age. Oh no, they're usually I, like I, in their eighties, but yeah, that's okay. I I feel just like an old kidding. soul. No, there's young people rollerblading. <laughs> I feel in, like are they wearing like leg warmers and like? I feel like it's very uncool, very uncool to rollerblade nowadays. But it's already passe. But it's all, it's all I know how to do. I can't skateboard. I can't like. I can walk. I guess that's something. Walking's cool. Not enough it's people. Not, yeah. It doesn't really. get you laid though. Well, it can. It depends on about the way you walk. I heard Phil Collins used to get laid just for the way he walked on a regular basis. What? That's Johnny he's... Cash. Walk the line. Yeah. You know. Christopher yeah. Walken, you think he doesn't get laid? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Why? After Fat Boy Slim? No one's fucking Christopher sitting. No. <laughs> no. Wow, that's, that's a wisdom. So, so <laughs> question. I worked hard on that one. I have a question for you, my friend. Which you? Alan. No, no uh, questions. So have you still not seen Christopher Walken in Suicide Kings yet? <laughs> no, I actually haven't seen it. Jesus Christ. I know, I know, I know. There's like, you know, there's a whole thing there. I'm I mean, aware of the movie. I just haven't seen it. All right. It's not like it's a good movie. It's just for synchronicity <laughs> purposes. Right. You know, it's like all those Sharon Tate movies that me and Patrick watched. You know, it's like this isn't like a good. I mean, it's a, it's a decent movie. You know, it's decent, but it's got some sync, sync value. And I'd be interested in hearing. I watched Clue for the first time the other night. Not a uh, good movie. I'd never seen Clue. Uh, with Tim Curry or whatever. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, and I just I wanted to call up. I can't call him because he's in fucking Tel Aviv. But I wanted to call up Joe Alexander and be like, dude, the fucking first scene of the movie with the lightning flash. He Christopher mm-hmm. uh, Lloyd is in his car and he makes some statement about death or something. And then there's this lightning flash. <laughs> And like, and then there's a part with where it's another Jesus reference. The 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 cop comes to the door, but as a uh, like Christian, uh, uh-huh. like apocalyptic Christian, yeah, yeah, apocalyptic thing. And there's a statement, and I I didn't retain it, I didn't write it down, but he, Christopher Lloyd makes a statement in reaction to the guy that's just like, oh, Joe Alexander, do you know about this? Because, geez, I mean, it's like it's just so affirming. It's like whenever like. Like his clip from miracles and shit, and then it's all centered around mm-hmm. the light. It's the reoccurrence of the theme is just it's there, it's fucking there, and it was just like one more thing, and it, yeah, it really got me. I have to say, Synchro Mystics, I have to give them so much credit because I try and sit through terrible movies for the sake of sync, and it gets to be pretty hard. If the, if right. the movie is really shitty, it's like I know I'm gonna find the secret of the universe in here. But god damn, is this a terrible <laughs> movie. Right. Right. Well, a lot of them, it just, it, it, you're redefining the movie. And so you have a different relationship. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, if but I would have nice watched... You, it's nice yeah. when you can enjoy it as well. Totally. Totally. Hey, you, you, I know, um, probably speaking to the wrong group of guys, but you, you... You know, like the old like sinkhole Jim Carrey set of sinks with yeah. like serious and all that sort of stuff. You guys, are sure, familiar? sure, sure, sure. Right. Uh, so you got like Jim Carrey. He's in uh, Truman Show. The actual he actually the light bulb falls down and it says serious on it. And you can see him. Yeah, on we were gonna dog. have Kevin Alcott on here. Yeah, I, I know. As so, I'm saying, where the fuck is Kevin Alcott right now? Because he's supposed to be here for this conversation. Because I just fucking 
I, I just fucking, uh, oh, here he is. He says, sorry, guys, car trouble set me back. I'm not going to be home or available for a bit. Son of a shit. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. We are talking about Jim Carrey and Sirius. You're going to Jim Carrey that way a long time. You. All right, so I watched um, uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Sure. Meet okay. me in Montauk. Meet me right, in Montauk. Right. The but one thing. Check this out. I never caught this thing before. I mean, I've seen the movie a million times. I'm aware of like a ton of the sync and symbolism and all this sort of stuff. Uh, Chris Knowles actually got like, a really good article on it. Um, but you know, man, there's a thing in there where Jim Carrey, they're laying on the ice, right? Like it's, right. it's part of the posters. They're laying on the ice, looking up, and she says to him, show me what constellations you know. And he's like, oh, I don't know any. And she's like, no, 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 no. show me which ones you know. And he goes, okay, here's one. And he says something like, it makes up some name, you know, like, oh, Sirius yeah. the Abfucius or something, you know, whatever. It's something that sounds kind of like Osiris. He, yeah. it's, it's something whatever. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm reading into that, right? But he, motherfucker goes, he, he does it a few times. He goes, swoop, swoop and across. Swoop and across. Swoop right. across, right? Okay, you yeah. know it. You know it. Sure. Do you know what that is? Swoop and across. What's a swoop and across? Uh, you're talking about Islam? I'm looking about? at, can you Google Dogon Tribe Sirius? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay, I know where you're going with this. Oh, you know where I'm going with this? I, I think so, yeah. Come on, Google Dogon Tribe Sirius. The fish people from Sirius. Yeah, the fish people from Sirius. And their symbol for them, the Nomo, was a swoop and a cross. Right. Motherfucker's sitting there going swooping across. Swooping across. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Yeah, oh, you're not really impressed? Good. You're not impressed? Let me tell you something. Hey, I'm, I'm impressed. All right, all right. You don't sound impressed. I am impressed. I'm meditating on the fucking point that you're making here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> There's no degree of inflection that will actually let you know how impacted I am by what you're referencing. Your silence speaks volumes. It should. It, it does. It's loud. Silence is deafening. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could listen to Robert Anton Wilson talk about his serious experience, like ad infinitum. It's always he he's a stand up comedian, so he has such great kind of delivery. Just for the he knows he recognizes the absurd and the absurd in his own narratives, and he's very good at kind of like driving that home. But he basically says, Yeah. Uh, Philip Dick and I had very similar experiences, and he went off and kind of like was trying to figure out how to make a religion of it, and I came out of it thinking how not to make a religion out of it. Kind of. I mean, he didn't say that exactly that way, but that was basically, that's true. I mean, two guys had the same, very similar serious experience or uh, similar shamanic dream, waking dream kind of thing, and totally came out with different perspectives on it. In a sense, I mean, Philip Dick... People say he was agnostic, but I think he was pretty decided that <clears throat> it was something transcendental and well outside his own mind. But, you know, Robert Anton Wilson's like, I don't know. It might, might still just, I don't know where to draw the distinction anymore. Because Philip Dick knew a lot. I mean, like, he had a very wide understanding of, you know, neurology and uh, study of all kinds of 
schools of thought on the subject. So he wasn't, he didn't shut himself off from any subject matter, the, the same that Wilson doesn't, but it's just interesting to see how they came to different conclusions, getting the same kind of download or the same kind of metaphor, so to speak. Yeah. But in, in watching, the, I've been watching his documentary again, and it just reminded me that, yeah, I really like this guy. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just interesting to see how people piece together their reality because it's like yeah there, is there an ultimate truth in this kind of download experience or is it just always going to be i don't know what's fundamental about it i'm interested to know what's fundamental because there are so many permutations that it's like is there something fundamental and i think there kind of is but you know you can never be so sure it's hard to parse out it's funny because all all these images i'm seeing of the dogen people in their hats and, st and their masks and stuff Every one of them, they're all wearing purple, which is just kind of funny because Sirius, according to, you know, Freemasonry, if you're if you're saying that Joaquin and Boaz are blue and red, then it's funny that, you know, the stairway to Sirius in the middle, if you have the sun and the moon is Joaquin and Boaz. Wow, that's weird. There's like a Dogen building with these two pillars and a fucking weird face in the middle. You guys ever seen this? Dogen tribe of Africa. Huh. Strange. I can't uh, recall that particular symbol. I just I read about the Dogon quite a while ago, and they all, they've always been super interesting. Yeah. Wow. There's a okay. A people who are pretty in touch with their natural surroundings and have a devotional relationship with the star or the star system. It's fascinating. And to yeah. think they all have these masks that when you put them on, they get to turn into like. Uh, you know, green-faced cartoons that dance mariachi. Like, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, like... Uh, well, I don't know what they're all called. I don't think they're all death masks, per se, but just the whole, like, mask-wearing culture is interesting of, of what that represents, and either warding off spirits or inviting them or communing with them in some way, meeting them on a certain level, and it's like a recognition of engaging with a different level of experience. And uh, in this case, it might be fish people that tell you all the secrets of the universe, or it might not be. I don't know. You know... It's somewhere it's, between. It's probably... We've talked about it before on the show, but it's all—it's an interesting point. I was just giving a walkthrough to Baruch the other day about it, but you know how a little complicated. But you got the moon card in the rider deck with the with the wolf and the domesticated dog, right, on both sides with the crustacean. It's supposed to relate to Pisces or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the way that you have those dogs and you have those represented by Crowley as um, Anubis, which is you know the the uh, the eye of Sirius, right? Uh, even though Sirius is supposed to be Isis, which I find really interesting. You have Isis and you have the the, uh, the eye of Isis in a sense or something. It's kind of weird. Uh, but that aside, you know, just the fact that in the Rider deck, you have these two towers that show up, which are on your cover of Suicide Kings, you know. Um, but then those two towers also show up in uh, what is called the Death card, which used to be the, uh, the unnamed card in Tarot, right? And how it is that you have... The Pope wearing the fucking fish hat, standing before death with the Rosicrucian rose in front of those towers. And so there exists this connection between those two cards where you have Sirius represented uh, in both the Rider deck and in the Crowley deck um, in the moon. But then you have those two towers equated with the Pope with his fish hat 
which is supposed to be related to the Dogen, supposedly. Um, and so, I don't know, I just... And then you also have that, like, moon means fish in the first place with that card. So you already have this fish, fish connection with death, but then you have, on top of it, a fish symbol on the Pope. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking weird. I, I totally get I it, yeah. I think I've mentioned this prior, but maybe not, but at the end of one of the Assassin's Creed games when I was still in my last throes of playing video games, uh, you find out that the Pope has is communing with aliens in like the basement of the Vatican or something, you know, something very conspiratorial. In the basement. And, in the, or some kind of Right, why doesn't he do it in the big shiny tower? Because fucking yeah. Pee-wee's bicycle isn't, isn't up there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack, go on. <laughs> no, I just love how those memes kind of creep into the those kinds of places sometimes. Um, and there, it's not much, it doesn't go any deeper than that. It's just like, of all the games I played and actually ended up finishing, which is so rare, it's like, oh, yeah, I finished that one. And it, you know, it, I don't know, the, the things that you do in your past and how they add up to conversations in the future, of course, sometimes they're totally random and uh, yeah, don't have any connection to one another, but um, it's it's funny to see how things the feedback is set up between the past and the present. I didn't expect to be talking about Mario Kart tonight, so yeah, I totally. <laughs> I'm totally game for that whenever you want. I mean, it's like the esoterics of video games are always interesting. You can't escape it. It's there. Yeah, I just rewatched the Sacred Brick. You remember that one from John Kidd back in the day? No, I don't remember that one. It was a classic synchromistic video about Mario Brothers. And he ties in the Book of Revelations and goes through this whole thing. Um, <laughs> Marty Leeds posted a thing on 7 and 11 relating to the pyramid. And I remembered that the first place I ever heard that was actually the Sacred Brick video, um, which is really well done, where he's, he's drawing a correlation between the fact that you're, you're collecting coins in, uh, in Mario, but you're collecting um, you know, flowers, and he's equating that with the flower of life and the fact that with brick formations, the way that you actually lay bricks is according to the same dynamic of, of, as the honeycomb, right? So like the honeycomb, how you do these sections, you know, and you can, that's actually the most optimal way to lay bricks is through that pattern, which is the flower of life. And so that's funny then that Mario would collect this flower that makes him shoot fireballs, you know? Um, but he was, he, he, I wouldn't do this video justice because it's a whole deal that he's presenting. He's, he's making a leap that initially kind of bothered me, but now I can accept it as long as it's qualified. But where he's taking the idea of the hexagram and relating it to the hex in the garden. So that, you know, it's a curse of uh, the, the seventh cycle um, mm, okay. that gets set into motion. He's equating it with Eve, which is funny then that if you look at any sign for 7 the seven crosses over through Eve of 11 because they draw the seven like the numeral and then they have 11 written out. But then the part where it crosses is Eve and the thing is red. So you have like this red seven running through Eve. And so if right. you can, it says, oh, thank heaven. So it's clearly telling you, right, it's look, look yeah. to the heavens. Right, which is so appropriate in terms of the fact that the the uh, measurement of the pyramid, I don't know how to explain it properly, but... I think the, it's, the proportion it's, was... The proportion is 7 mm, to 11. Correct, yeah. Um, in terms of height and length, right? Um, but yeah, it's just that fascinating. Girth? <laughs> Girth. Oh, that's, that's a good word. doesn't get used, <laughs> doesn't get thrown around enough, except in porn. Uh, <laughs> my dick my dick is pyramidal proportions 
7 to 11. My penis is actually 7 to 11 in its proportions. You don't believe me? <laughs> no. I think that qualifies as a chode, right? I'm not too sure. That's, if you're going to come up with a scientific a, definition. That's a chody foster right there. Yeah. You know, the year we make contact. You know <laughs> this fucking conversation is already well off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're in the deep end of the pool now guys hey whatever it's cool it's it's cool you know whatever but uh yeah let's talk about let's talk about i don't know fuck it jim jim carrey the fool i watched fucking dumb and dumber 2 just for sync and there was everything that i expected to see a hundredfold they equate him with the green man so directly throughout that whole movie and the fool thing there's the one 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 that keeps on showing up over and over again and they make jokes about it they're like oh the, there's like the the female equivalent who they think is the daughter i don't know if, did you guys watch dumb and dumber too can't no. i gotta say i missed that one but i i watched it at joe alexander's suggestion because when, when we did it one of the last shows with him the first thing he says on the recording is hey david did you watch the new dumb and dumber uh preview and so when it came out i was like all right fuck it i'll watch it and uh, yeah, there's there's a slew of one 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 references, even to the point where it's like, what's the address? One 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 one. So you know, it's like uh, they just kept on playing on it. Uh, there's a point at which, whatever Jeff Daniels or whatever, he gives a talk, and you look in the background, you can see all the all the ones pouring down. It's like it's just because Olive, you spell out Olive, you get one one one, and then Olive is one because it's the first. Uh, Hebrew letter, and, but it's a joke because one is zero if you're equating it with the fool, and so you have all these ones and zeros showing up symbolically in the movie. But there's things like where they push people into bushes, but then they're the they're the bush, and you know Jim Carrey climbing up the tree, and you just you, you, I can't do it justice. You'd have to watch it, but if you want to, you know. No, I, I'm about. so with you because I actually had I spoke to Andros Jones earlier, and we were talking. Um, I, I kind of, I'll probably just skip skip to the punchline here because it was like we're talking about the full like numbering system starting with zero, blah 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 blah. And he said to me, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like that's why in the tarot you have you start with zero, and so the last card is seventy seven. Right? right now he was we were just talking about something else, but like it, it sort of hit me is like yeah, like I've just made all these videos about seventy seven and Oz and all this sort of stuff didn't really hit me that right because i think of tarot as 78 but right right you would if you just counted and then you're going with the zero so you sort of end at 77 is sort of the end of the cycle and um i saw that someone had questioned online about my last video about the connection between 77 and 777 which maybe we can kind of dissect a little because i was like i don't know how sure. to begin to, well, the, 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 to address the main this point of yeah, the main point of that is that strength. First of all, you know, while watching your video, I had the same reaction as Baruch did, where we, I felt like um, you, you made a jump uh, when you, you went from talking about gematria, and then you, when you show the lightning flash, there is no mention of the distinction between traditional uh, Kabbalah's view of the tree is they have a whole thing where the, the mother letters and the double, meter, double letters and everything align to the different slants 
of the pathways is an entirely different system that exists. And this is specific to the European occultists, which has its own set of implications. And so that's, that's just an important point. Um, but if you're looking at the European system, the whole thing with the significance between 777 and 77 as strength is that strength, the card, is what connects Chesed and Gavora, which are the tops of the pillars. And so that is literally the strength holding the tree in place as it exists. It's that's the force that's keeping the whole thing together is the 77 as strength because Oz is strength. Oz is 77. And so you and that's the center of the tree of life because it's right above Teferet. Right. And it's it's below, it's right below the, you know, the abyss, as they would call it for the Europeans. But that's between the supernal triad and the seven lower sphero, the cross that's created there. That's the upside down cross as opposed to the above cross, which would be attributed to Dalit, and that's the Empress, right, is that's the line of the terrestrial realm. So it's the limit of the terrestrial realm is Oz. If, do you get... Do you, and, do you yeah, I, and I would sort of... Right, and there's ways we can add to this, because... So, um, you, you use the phrase, that's the force that keeps it together. So, of right. course, the strength card itself... So, Oz, in Hebrew, means strength, right... Uh, that in, in French, like if you look at like the Marseille tarot deck, you're gonna see it says La Force, right? This is right. this is the same thing. So, you know, we can go off on the little tangent joke of Yoda, the master of the Force, right. is voiced by Frank Oz. Right. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like it's a too perfect. Yeah, it's a ridiculous little bundle of of magic in there, but. Uh, yeah, so just to jump back a second, you know, the fact that I made the jump, it, you know, it's a five minute segment and it's so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, I know. I, with, with, with Sync Quick News, I end up with, I end up just cutting so much. Right. I'm, sh I'm sure. It's just the inevitable reaction to somebody yeah. who's immersed in that. I know, is like yeah. this distinction is actually important because otherwise people people are this is like a cabal that we're looking at when we're looking at the whole seven 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 ninety three deal related to nine eleven we're looking at you a know, cabal. Are we though? Wait, so sure. You, you know this that that's that's that to me is a question in itself. And if anything, what I would have rather like so this was what I actually cut out was. I could have spent the time if I, again if it's a, in a different format and we can do this here tonight we can make the distinction between you know uh European occultists yes yeah, so this is this is their system and I do mention I say this is something from um I I, I say like you know esoteric schools such as the OTO right. you know I just I felt I had to throw something in there to but I was just trying to you know like speed through it but I that was that was the distinction that I made there Right, but, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not no, saying no, 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 that but, all but, but, European but, uh, occultists are like a cabal. I know. I know. I know. This exactly. specific Correct. example ha has that. Correct. Right. Right. You're not. Yeah. You're not going to find the 93 significance in classic Kabbalah. But the 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 point that I would like to sort of, you know, or look, this video blew the fuck up on Facebook. Right. We had over 108 people share this video on Facebook. Right. Okay, like eleven thousand views in less than a week. Right. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Right. But 
now, so now I'm even more wishing that I had like fucking made this video twice as long and sort of pointed out other things. So I'm, I'm totally feeling you in this. But you know, one of the things that I, that I cut out is like people, I, I was looking at the people sharing it. And again, everyone can have their own interpretation, but everyone's going, you see, this is what they do. Oh, you right. think they wouldn't do this, but look, it's so clear what they have done. And right. so someone was taking, you know, my research and sort of using it as proof of of this cabal. And right. it's, it's I'm totally, it's not proof of anything. It's not right. And that's just it. Like I'm totally open. I am, for the record, totally open to this being a magical ritual with intent. Like it's 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 fucking it's it's fucking intense. Like it, it, the particularly thelemic ties are so overwrought throughout the entire thing that it's kind of ridiculous. All right, so I'm right. I'm totally open to that possibility, but I have to say, there's also like the the problem with doing sync. Like, okay, one of my issues with doing Sync Quick News is that the subject matter is automatically loaded. So, whereas if we say, hey, isn't it funny that whatever happens, we all laugh at the synchronicity of it. Right. But when it's tied to a political event, we all automatically assume that it's orchestrated. Or you know, do you know what I'm saying? And that's that. That's to me is almost the more important distinction is to say like, I want to lay this out, but I'm not. Nece I don't necessarily think it is proof of anything. It I might be interesting. I would certain, say that it's that, strong. Right, yeah. it's strong evidence. It's super strong evidence. Right, and again, and that's basically. Like, and not just because of what you fucking said on the video, but because of the, you know, what, however many hundreds of hours of conversation correct. we've had about this correct. specific issue. Yeah, and there's, right, and there's so many things, like, okay, like, the fact that, um, you know, in, uh, in, right, the London, London, what they called London's 9-11, right, was the 7-7 bombings, right? Right. Um, so here you have this again. Do you know, um, so I'm living in Virginia presently, and I see on the side of the road... They have a thing like on the highway, it says uh, for emergency dial pound 77. Right. So we've all made the connection between 911 being the phone number you dial in an emergency, <coughs> right, to the global emergency or whatever the fuck you want to call it, right, like the, 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 the cataclysmic event being – the, on the date nine one one is so overdrawn as well, right? Like this is you dialing the poli you police, you're contacting police. It's an emergency. It's nine one one. It's all these things. Yeah, blue well, and red sirens on their way. Yeah, exactly. Right, blue and red. You know, so you have the twin pillars again. You have all, all like the symbolism is so intense. But um, you're my, skipping Malkut. That's the point. My my thing you though. Have the ninth to the eleventh. Yeah. So when when I'm when I'm but I'm realizing that. I my guess, and I haven't been in D.C. in a while, but uh, my guess is, if the Pentagon, if you're on, the, you know, I remember like on the news, 
uh, all the, the the there's a highway that goes right alongside the Pentagon, and they showed all these people like stopped on the side of the road, like you know in this like looking at the Pentagon like oh my God what just happened whatever. What I'm imagining is that there's probably where those people are standing is a sign uh, that says in an emergency dial pound seventy seven. So how many people are dialing pound seventy seven? <laughs> like how many people? Well, are... nine eleven. Right, at the right. Yeah. the equivalent of nine one one. It's so, like I don't know. It's fucking weird. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like so. Like anyway, all these things that are cut out. I I actually like just t- just hinted at the my pet goat thing. Right, like George Bush reading my pet goat. Goat. Right, but the 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 point of my pet goat. I mean, it's humorous. But I'm I cannot read my pet goat without looking at it like a like a representation of, of the empire, because you have a, a goat that gets let into the household that under the the father doesn't want to get the goat, but he's getting the goat for the kid. And then the goat just won't stop eating. So it's this like it just eats everything that it sees. And so you have consumerism, right? Because the goat is consuming. And then we're going to have to get rid of the goat. Sorry. And the kid cries or whatever. And then. Oh, a robber came, a terrorist came, right? And he's fucking with the household and the goat attacks him. And then, oh, the goat attacked the terrorist? Oh, well, we can keep the goat for a little longer. Is how right. the story ends. Right. That's the moral of the story. A little longer, we can keep it. It's just like, it's so convenient. I can't help it. I'm like, what the fuck? Pan is 77. If you look at the, you know, you're, what is the significance of the sphere between the towers having Oz in it and the Wiz, as weird as that is, you know? But it's like that is that pathway of strength between the no, pillars. No, no, but it's not. No, it's not actually because the it is at the base. That's right, but the base is in exile and belongs at the top. That's ah, the... but do you notice? So check this out. If you look in the Wiz movie, they actually put a bridge between the two towers. Yes. Right? So you, there we go. Right. Okay, so it is there. They've actually bridged it, which right, which in itself is the second Oz, right? It would be that pathway. But check this out. There's a you can find um uh so all right, we're talking serious, right? Tarot, what's the seventeenth card is the star That's is hot. serious, right? So right. check it out. The uh, according to the same time frame that's used in the 9/11 Commission report, the plane strikes are 17 minutes apart. Okay, uh, according to uh, if you ever watch any of these, like don't for, don't forget that fish hook. Well, oh, okay, so let's let's go, let's go. I'm just gonna list a few for you. Um, in uh, um. Like, have you ever watched any of the 9-11, like, no-plane theory stuff? Have you ever looked into any of that? Sure. Okay. Yes. They make a point to focus on a 17-second delay. I remember it. In the yes. video camera. With the beep. Where the right. beep goes on every station simultaneously. 17 seconds. 17 seconds, yeah. Right? So the delay is 17 seconds. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Paul Laffoley who um, – was one of the architects. He wasn't the main architect, but he was, he was an architect who worked on the World Trade Center, and he <coughs> wanted to put bridges between the two towers. 
and he says that he was trying to figure out how like there's an interview you can find I'll, I'll, I'll find the fucking clip Ugh. and he says uh, how many how many bridges should go between the two towers and he goes 17 I decided 17 that was the magic number right, Sept- right. so he wants to put 17 bridges. not surprising at this right. point right yeah. Right. So again, so now you have the, the but then in 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 the Wizard of Oz, in the Wiz, excuse me, you have that bridge there. Not, but so, right. like, so these are the seventeen. There's um, ah, oh, fuck. There's like f- five more of those that I I just kind of blanked on. That I um, whatever. My point though is that. So we still like I feel like the the esoteric sort of. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon starts to get complicated quickly that we're not – we're leaving a thalamic sort of circle. Like we could – almost like – you know like Joe Alexander looks at Back to the Future and says, this is the Illuminati conspiracy. This is the synchromistic Jupiter take. This is whatever. And he just keeps revisiting the same movie from a different lens, right? Sure. I feel like I can look at 9-11 and show this is the sort of – quote-unquote masonic imagery here's the quote-unquote thalamic imagery and obviously there's like tie over and whatever but i mean well that's the whole point that uh leo zagami makes which i can't after seeing what i saw with 9-11 the date showing up in the zohar after he said it like under his breath he's like oh yeah 9-11 that's in the zohar it's the only prophecy i've ever come across in the zohar and it's it's expressed pretty explicitly and the meaning is the same. And then it's fucking, it gives the date. It gives the date of the year if you're looking at the equivalent from the Gregorian calendar to the Jewish calendar. How many times does that fucking happen? I have never heard of that happening. Of all the goddamn Christian, fundamentalist Christian statements mm-hmm. about, you know, revelations predicting the end times that are almost upon us and all this shit. I've never, they're like, oh yeah, there's a date. I've never actually seen it. This is the only example where it's like I looked into it, I read it in Arabic. So how do you interpret that though? Do you take that as an accurate prediction or a like for lack of a better term, predictive programming? Oh, in in all like and I don't I wouldn't say it's either actually. Uh, in all likelihood, not to say that this is what it is, but in all likelihood, it's because they dropped that in there and they fulfilled it for symbolic purposes. For themselves, for their own for the sake of their own. Well, that's what I'm trip. saying. The same person, do you feel the same group that put it into the text is the same group that fulfilled it? Oh, well, this is, this is actually the 12th century. Right. So, I mean, no. uh, it's, how can you, the same group was alive in the 12th century. Whatever, like, it doesn't, it, like, I don't, Go, like but, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Jewish, but my ancestors or whatever, I don't even know. You know, I mean, ancestry is a different issue. I mean, you you want to say it's a but group within within like an like within a school. Like, all right, if like you know, like when someone wants to blame, like a, I guess I'm I'm just asking how you're feeling on this. Like, let's like you know when someone says, oh, it's a Freemasonic conspiracy, it's the Illuminati. They've been planning this for three hundred years. I don't I don't like those kind. To me, that doesn't ring true. Right. There's you cannot find. Any look at like look at the mafia. Look at any of these people. There's a there's a saying. There's like a, a Middle Eastern expression that says like um, it says like my my uh, like my grandfather rode a camel. My dad rode like a 
a Rolls Royce or something. I have like a jet airplane. My son will have a camel. Or right. something, right? It's this, and it's the, it's the king kill. It, again, this is uh, Rota Fortune. This is the same thing. Um, you have the four positions of the king. At the top, the king is sitting on a throne. At the bottom, he's crawling on the floor. And it says, I reign. I have reigned. Uh, no, so like my reign has fallen. I have reigned. I will reign again. And it's this sort of, again, four stages. It's like the seasons of the year, right? So this is, in this respect, to have a plan that would be 300 years long, the Freemasons or the Illuminati or the Kabbalists or Thelemites or anybody is going to, over 300 years, plan out to do this thing. I don't know any power-hungry sociopath who isn't so power-hungry that he would try and skip. He's like, I'm not waiting for my great-great-great-grandkids to have the power. I want it fucking now. And they'll get some power now, and then they'll waste it and lose it. <laughs> like, that's the reality. That, to me, seems like the actual cycle of power. Right. It's all short-sighted. It's all short-sighted. So the people in power will use these traditions for their own ends and even, like, craft or insert the symbolism that maybe they do or do not fully understand or whatever, to whatever level. Because when you really look at how secret organizations work, like even something like Scientology, right? Uh, people really are only revealed things at certain levels and they have to pass all this <clears throat> certain bullshit. So people that are really involved with these groups are kind of in that sort of cloistered or uh, compartmentalized state. So even if they're inserting stuff into these events, I never know if they really understand them per se, or or they are told, oh, this is magic, kind of like people who are who do whatever magic or into occultism for kind of vain or superficial reasons. <laughs> I could see people in power being in it for the same reasons. It's all for this kind of short-sighted kind of power, whether they think it's all bullshit or not. It's like... It's at least networking for them, <laughs> so they're going to be involved with it and maybe just do it as, uh, again, it's kind of like a, a wink, like, oh, we kind of know this and you don't. Oh, dude, yeah, totally. And that's it. I, um, I mean, yeah. yeah. That the was fucking... Chris... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah? Oh, I was just going to say, that was uh, Chris Knowles uh, points that out sometimes. He says, uh, you know, there's an expression within, like, Wall Street expression, which is like, um, millionaires aren't into astrology. <laughs> billionaires are <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh yeah yeah so i'm um, you know i don't know if you if you caught that crazy fucking thread a while back where it was patrick and i mostly just going back and forth on the fucking batman sandy hook deal and sherlock holmes and just like I came across some very specific points there that completely blew my mind. That I I, I have to do a video on or something because it's it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. I just total fucking mind blowing. I don't know. Have you watched the new Sherlock Holmes and the new Batman's? Mm, definitely not on Sherlock Holmes. And I saw like the first one or two Batman movies. Okay, the last Batman movie and the most recent Sherlock Holmes connect to such a degree that I don't, I don't, I, I personally don't see how it could have happened like just on its own. I mean, I'm open to that possibility, but Holy shit. So like, you know, Sherlock Holmes gets a fish hook stuck into his back and the, the Moriarty who's a Batman character in Sherlock Holmes. So, 
you know, Moriarty in the Batman comics, because Batman has all this uh, connection with Sherlock Holmes in the detective comics. Absolutely, yeah, so, he's the greatest, world's so, greatest detective. Right, and so Moriarty is a Batman villain. But Moriarty, uh, you know, is also obviously a Sherlock Holmes villain initially, but the, the Batman villain who took the name Moriarty was doing a play on the, the um, Sherlock Holmes Moriarty. And so it gets a little complicated, but you have Moriarty hanging Sherlock Holmes. Don't forget, James Holmes was the Aurora shooting guy, right? Um, attaching him to a fish hook and singing a song in German about catching a fish as he does so in a giant tower. So he's at the top of this tower and um, what's uh, Watson blows, blows the tower up, which collapses with Moriarty and <clears throat> Sherlock Holmes in, in the tower. Okay. <clears throat> what's weird is, okay, first of all, just to qualify things a little bit, you have, um, you know, what was the thing? First of all, uh, John Holmes uh, was working with time distortion, high weirdness shit. Wh Not whatever. John Holmes, but the other Holmes, yeah. James, James Holmes. John yeah. Holmes was fucking the Wonderland murders, excuse <laughs> me, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, that's not, I mean, the murders aren't funny. I'm just saying that. Wonderland, oh, yeah. Wonderland, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh, you have the symbolism playing out where you're like, Saudi is not the star, right? So you have the fish hook, but then you have the mouth, which we talked about when you were visiting, actually, um, where, you know, we were talking about Back to the Future and he, they connect the, the hook to the tower, save the clock tower. Right. Yes. Okay. And that whole the car, thing. right. The car actually has a hook on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're co connecting the thing together for the lightning flash to yes. make it all work, to travel back in time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So if you, if you know, okay, in, in Batman, the comic books, Robin's introduc uh, introduction into Batman, uh, in the detective comics where Batman's a detective, uh, his, okay, so Batman's parents are killed at the Monarch Theater, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Robin's at, at a circus in, in uh, Newtown. Mm -hmm. Okay? Sandy Hook is Newtown, Connecticut, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, Sandy, Sandy Hook, um, oh shit, where am I going with this? This is a very challenging one um, to get into. Uh, but, you know, Monarch as mind control, you know that, that James Holmes was working with this mind control thing. As a matter of fact, you can, people can look that up, which is fascinating in its, in its own right. But, um, you know, uh, and I, and I told you that while Marty is sitting in the car with the fish hook waiting for the lightning flash, he's sitting in front of a sign for the Bluebird Motel and project Bluebird was the CIA's Mind control program. It was the early MK Ultra. Was Project right. Bluebird? Oh yeah, exactly. And what I wanted to qualify is just this point that who was in charge of put just to restate this in case people don't know this. Who was in charge of Aurora and Sandy Hook showing up in Batman? Who's the the set designer who was in that position? If you look it up, his name was Nathan Crowley. You can see stated in interviews that he's related to Alistair. Alistair's like the fucking, you know, the, the formula-making guy for how we relate to false flag terrorism today with World War I, the sinking of the Lusitania. These, are, these seem, have every indication of, a, of false flag events, including Aurora, which is just, it's super fucking suspicious. So, so, so I'm, I'm, this is, I kind of just want to, uh, I don't mean to break your tr track here, but I want to go back to the question. 
in your opinion. So when we yes. say, all right, and I was asking like the the level of intent, like <clears throat> how many generations do we think, or you know, are are you working under the assumption? Or, or theory, or leaning towards whatever, use whatever language. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but are you implying a not just a correlation of crow, one Crowley with a with a, <coughs> a false flag and another Crowley with a false flag, but are you are you perceiving that there is like an actual lineage of like okay, now we do this now and like I think they I'll I think they believe this. that to a degree. Okay. I don't think that it's necessarily real. Okay. So like, okay. and I feel like there's a stronger argument for them grafting on their new religions onto the onto the old ones, which has been done for eons, right? Um, the and whole is that point, what you were saying when I said about the multiple? There's so many different esoteric schools of thought all entwined in the one event. You're seeing that as like a sort of throw it all in the basket. No, I think there's. I think that there's mo in all likelihood that Freemasonry and the OTO actually connect in the higher degrees that aren't even supposed to exist, and that we're seeing evidence of it. And you do you think nine eleven was a Freemasonic job? I don't. I think that that would be in um, in uh, not the ideal way to put it because it's as much OTO as it is Masonic. Because no, no, no but I'm okay. Yeah. So I'm saying, but you you think there is like an actual Masonic element. I'm not trying to grill you. I, I, I hope that's, that's come, not coming no, across. No, 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 no. I yeah, love yeah. it. I'm trying to I clarify don't... the same way you were asking before that, like, you're saying, you know, it's, we should, let's make some important distinctions here. I'm yeah. trying to gather that distinction from where you're. you're yeah, pushing. and I'm dealing with, like, such complex material right now, it's hard to relay in this conversation. Sure, but yeah. The whole, the whole point of when, what I'm trying to get at is at the end, of fucking Sherlock Holmes when he pulls out the flip book that's supposed to be the guy's check it's his it's his money he's accumulating which it turns out is all gone mm. Moriarty and he makes Holmes makes a a flip book representation of a big fish eating a smaller fish and when I look at that I see the tarot vesica being replaced and not just that but the meaning of the thing so they, he makes a statement be careful what you fish for do you remember the, Star Wars Episode One when they run from the fish and then the fish eats it and they actually do it twice and they go there's yes. always a bigger fish yeah, remember there's exactly. always a bigger fish and these are the yeah that's the masters force. of the force right right and so uh okay the the robin newtown thing the same month in august 1969 which might ring mm -hmm. a bell a, a significant time right um the batman and robin detective comics features batman snared by a fish hook and literally if you look at the cover of that, it's Batman on a hook, and it says, Our fish is hooked. So the villain, he's there with the fucking thing. He's got an M on his shirt, which suggests mem for water, right? But he says, Our fish is hooked, now deck him. And deck is in bold. It stands out more than any of the other words. The, if, I was, if it didn't say deck him, and I was just looking at this, and it said, Our fish is hooked, the first thing I would think of is a tarot deck. <laughs> mm, mm, mm -hmm. and it's, m is the 13th letter of the alphabet so right. so he's actually wearing the number 13 which, which is, is death, death which, which is noon. right which is the which fish is the fish right yeah yeah it's this whole Fuck thing wild yeah yeah no it gets super wild 
And so, yeah, it's like there's this thread that exists that is just filled with so much fucking gold. I can't I can't believe it. And like if if, if, you, if you watch them back to back and you have an awareness of the Saudi star issue, um, specifically the Sherlock Holmes films and the Batman, you can see the specific ways in which they connect. They seem to me to 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 be meant to play off of each other. So I, I see Moriarty as a subliminal Batman Moriarty in the Game of Shadows. And, um, you know, uh, he attaches Holmes to a hook in the tower, refers to him as a fish, and the tower is then destroyed with Holmes inside of it. So you have Sandy Hook and Aurora show up in the latest Batman, placed there by Alistair Crowley's relative, Nathan Crowley. Uh, you know, Crowley says Saudi is not the star. That's his whole thing, right? So it must be the emperor. And so the tower is pay, which is the mouth. So the hook attaches to the mouth, which is the tower. And the fish is the vesica, which is why, you know, the end of Game of Shadows ends with a bigger fish eating a smaller one because the vesica is being replaced. So it's like our religion won. We're, we now have, have full, you know. Just hold, hold that thought one second because the call, I think we just lost John. And he was recording. Yeah, hold on. I want to make sure my recording's still going. <laughs> Test. <laughs> All right. Uh, say say those last few sentences over. You said about be, uh, replacing our religion one. Go back like a few sentences before that. Yeah. Well, basically, I'm saying that the the point of you know of the the bigger fish eating the smaller fish. The way I take it is just another example of you're grafting a religion onto another religion, thereby trumping the previous mm -hmm. religion mm -hmm. way of looking at it. And that's just how I. That's it, otherwise, this would just be this crazy fucking tangent, which but, it still is. But, so, so okay. So but, this is this is something. This is something I struggle with. I, so again, I'm completely with you, right? Up, up to a point is. Um, all right, you look at say. Uh, I'm just trying to bring John in here. So, uh, if you look at um, uh, like the whole history of the the Catholic Church, right? Um, they have made every attempt to swallow the other fish, right? To make their, you know, but they do things like, okay, we're going to, you guys have a pagan holiday that celebrates the dead, uh, you know, at what we now celebrate Halloween. Okay, we'll put an All Souls Day or an All Saints Day, and all right, we, we can celebrate that too. Uh, I mean, you, this has been done way before that when you can actually see this is uh, like something that's covered in zeitgeist, right? Where they say about the Egyptian holidays and they're like, oh, we celebrate the same thing. It's cool. You can come join our – you basically – you can give your money and your respect to our priest class. We are going to swallow <coughs> your religion, right? Right. But – but – so again, I'm so with you that this is this is the case, but there is, I think, at the same time, an underlying core truth or an actual power, uh, an actual something in the original concept, right? right. So, and, and I'm saying right, like it's obvious, but that's just my opinion. And what I'm saying is, so even if you attempt to co-opt it, you you might actually be the smaller fish. Right. So, you know, you could be uh, David Rockefeller trying to, um, you know, play with some, you know, like basically imagine like 
hipster David Rockefeller, like, oh, I'm totally into the OTO, man, you know? Right. And, like, just, you know, oh, yeah, I'm totally, totally into all that sort of stuff. Throw, sure, let's throw a fucking pentagram on something and, and a fucking, here's a number 17 and here's a fucking 33 and it's all crazy cool awesome. Whatever. If you don't actually know what the fuck you're doing, you could, that thing can swallow you. You like right. you've you've unleashed something. You don't necessarily control it. No, no, you set it into motion. Yeah, it's just like the, the. I mean, that's something that's expressed by Crowley all the time. But people want to imitate it, even though he's telling them that when you set this into motion, it's not in your control. Yeah, you can only do so much influence, and so that's why it's like it's not advised. It also <laughs> right. will will suck your energy. Right. And so, and that's what's happening, and that's what we're seeing. There's a trillion dollar lawsuit against San, uh, MSN for Sandy Hook right now. It'll be interesting to see the way that that plays out. I mean, no one seems to know that fucking uh, Martin Luther King, uh, his, his the people who assassinated him, you know, they were held accountable to a degree. I mean, there was a guilty verdict, and it's in the CIA. That actually happened. It was never covered by the media. The media is not your fucking friend. Yet there's. There's all these examples, and I don't know if it's altogether just a matter of predictive programming or what, but I'm looking at like shit where I'm just like, in, in Hollywood, you have these very specific things play out, and it's so applicable, it's fucking ridiculous. So like, Heath Ledger is lynched in Parnassus, right? The Machinist, with Christian Bale, you know, so you have the Joker, and then you have Batman, centers around a killer hangman game. So they're playing hangman. You know, Heath Ledger, when he's introduced in Parnassus, is represented by Hangman Card. Christian Bale in American Psycho poses in the Hangman pose on the floor, which was even included in certain posters, which I find interesting. I find it funny that his name is Bait-Man, not just because it sounds like Batman, but because it implies bait, which would go on the hook, right? That, first of all, bats hang hang upside down, which is an interesting point. You know, or whatever. But the, but the thing is with the hangman is that that's the that's water. You're going underwater when you're circling yeah, around. Yeah, Right, and it's right after lust. So you have the cornerstone, and then after you cross the threshold of the cornerstone, you literally go underwater, and that's why it's a reflection. That's why the, it seems to me that the ibis is looking at his reflection. It's Thoth looking at himself, and that's what the Vesca is of the the twenty two arcana. Right. right now, so you know, look at um. This is covered in like Dante's Inferno, right? They're like at some point you're descending, and at some point you sort of, you the everything flips upside down. It's kind of like uh, you know, like an early version of like, hey, the world. We don't necessarily know the world is round exactly. We kind of do, but we also don't quite understand how like if the, what's the the underworld is a flip. Is it a mirror? Is it a what? That do you, do you understand? Like it's this... a skewed mirror. If you're okay. actually looking right. at what the arcana do, because every arcana mm-hmm. in the Vesca mm-hmm. has its astrological association in its reflection, with the exception of the lovers and the tower. Do you That's know... the only one that doesn't align. Do you know, like on like a actual, like on a standard playing card deck, right? Like. Um, they're supposed to be like subtle asymmetries. Like when you look at a playing card, it's supposed you, you it looks like it's a perfect mirror. And I'm sure a lot of modern decks like are kind of like lazy or you know mass produced, not really realizing. But this, if if you look into like the the concept, 
is there's intentional asymmetries so that it's not a perfect mirror. Right. Right. Well, this is fascinating to me because it's one split. Mm -hmm. It's one problem in the entire thing, which throws the reflection off. Right. So like, and the specific nature of it is that you have Gemini and you have Mars. So you have the, the duality that's, that's, it doesn't have a, a reflection, you know, because it's always that, its own reflection. Yeah, but it's like you. Yeah, it's like there's the duality and then there's Mars, which is a collapsing tower, and the mm -hmm. whole thing is a fucking eye. So it's the chalice. So you have the Fisher King. But you know, so like if you look uh, at the the so Mars is associated with the tarot uh, with the tower. Excuse me, is why you're saying Mars is a collapsing tower. The sixteenth card is the 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 um, lightning struck tower, right. uh, but. In if you see a lot of decks do where you can actually see the star is inside the tower, right? So the lightning that's smashing the tower is actually freeing the star from its prison, right? So this is why when I'm saying like I see all the the serious seventeen like so like the the falling twin towers are the sixteenth card, but then the seventeenth is so inherent in it because it's also emerging. Now, uh, you just, as, as you say, so you could sort of see this whole thing. I mean, all right, so you're kind of sync-confirming sync for me what I was going to do as the next sync quick news. It's really funny. But the whole thing is about, right, is about this sort of skewed mirror. It's, it's, it's through a, what is it, you know, through a glass darkly. Right. Um, through glass onion, yeah. <laughs> oh, glass. Is is is, the, is that John back? Is that what I hear? I am back. Yeah, you've been gone for a bit. Uh, yeah, five or ten minutes. <laughs> you missed the gold, man. I know. Well, I've been paying close attention to everything that's being said. I'm very interested. I'm sure I missed something very good, <laughs> but I've imbibed enough where I feel like I can move forward with some amount of. Uh, that's all good, man. So, okay. So, um, but all right. So, uh, I don't want to, I, I, you know, we sort of, we sort of, we keep hitting on, on things and moving really fast. Um, do you, do you want to take, do you want to take a little step back here? So, um, David, apparently you watched, you're trying to watch the most recent video with Baruch was where he was talking with the the lightning flash jumping to seven seven seven, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I guess he should he should feel str so much strongly about it, considering I used his video as the sort of uh, launching off point there. Right, because for him, when he's relating to the pathways, if he's doing work sure. with the pathways, he's not the the they're not in order uh, in that way. There, it all has to do with the way that the different pathways are slanted. Um, how you, they're associated with the letters, um, and that's a, that's if you can look at um, R. E. A. Kaplan if you want to see that represented, uh, you know. And so, who's can you working, explain who's, that a little more? Well, the, there's different. Um, the letters are are classified into different groups mm -hmm. naturally, traditionally, and those classifications happen to correspond exactly to the way that if you're looking at the tree represented, which ones are mm -hmm. um, vertical, which ones are horizontal, and which ones are slanted. 
Cool. And so that's how they attribute the letters traditionally, generally speaking. And so, but the the only time where they've been equated this way, I believe it was Eliphas Levy was the first person to represent them as we relate to them to in in that way. And so the the lightning flash still exists, but that particular formation that gets created um, came from very specific European guys. And so that that becomes relevant because if you look at the intention supposedly and from what i gather it se- it seems to be the case that these people I, I i've stressed this before like when i went on 42 minutes i really stressed it where you know there's two different ways of relating to the tree either you're trying to repair the tree which is what i study the tukini zohar that's what tikkun means is repair and what are they repairing but this gulf that exists in the tree which is the establishment of the empire as we know it today Right. Or as we knew it at that time, whatever. It's the empire that's that's replacing the divine feminine. I mean, Jewish mysticism centers around the feminine. It does not for the Golden Dawn and the Solar Lodge, all this stuff, you know, um, that's that's an element that's relatively excluded to an extent, um, even though you could go into Newt in this whole deal. But it's just. You have people looking to establish an empire and ma- maintain the tree as it exists and strengthen the tree nowadays or whatever. This is, you know, the idea mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Europeans or you have they're trying to mend the tree traditionally. And that is a big qualitative difference. You have people doing but, the opposite thing with the same thing. But mm-hmm. I also think you can you can do one while thinking you're doing the other. Oh, absolutely. Right? So, like, no question. Because, that's, that's emphasized. Yeah, yeah, because. Even traditionally, that's emphasized. Yeah, you know, like, uh, when you look at. Uh, I've read a lot of alchemical texts that sort of basically it's the same idea of a repair. This idea is that, that at some point there was an imperfection in nature, and it's up to the alchemists to lend their skills to basically repair it or, or perfect it. You know, um, and. Not only is there a certain level of hubris in that, but, you know, you, by manipulating reality, you could even have good intention. And this is why I kind of go back to this idea of, like, when I look at all these things and see all the symbolism that could, to me, yes, it's very, it's fairly strong evidence of intentionality, but... When it gets too far, maybe and maybe this is my my brain. This is my you know. It's like trying to like qu- quantify infinity. You know, it's sort of like the fact that I can see the infinity in the thing. It just seems too big for for people. Well, no, this, and this, this is and this is why I'm saying like. I think there's uh, there's 100%, yes, there is so much evidence of a human intention in 9-11. Like, I think 9-11 is a fucking conspiracy through and through. I think there's even evidence of it being a quasi-occult conspiracy, meaning not necessarily that they are occultists, but people who want to throw some of that imagery in there. I also think that some of that symbolism could be a fucking red herring. Because I feel like, that's why I was asking before about the Freemasonry, I feel like 9-11 is anti-Masonic. 
you know, but well, and, yeah, just like the fucking Weisenhop's Illuminati was anti-Masonic, right? Right. So it's like all these sorts of things that you can kind of it, it's like it's so convoluted, and there so there could be competing factions, there could be all these different things, but nonetheless, through all of that, there's also the underlying actual ripples of synchronicities, and it's like, um, how do I say this? Well, my intent, my intention yeah. is not to muddy the waters of like someone who's researching a conspiracy, but I do want to point out that the the waters are already somewhat quote unquote muddied by the ripples. So no like, shit. Yeah, when you're looking at the synchronicity ripples, you're if you're designating this third ripple out as an intentional thing might actually just be a side effect of this other thing that, yes, was intentional. Well, yeah. Well, I know. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Okay, I mean, that, cool. but that's what they say about a ritual is that when you do a ritual, it has its rippling effect and the thing just continues. Right. It entrains synchronicity. Possible. It's like a smoke and fire situation. That's mm -hmm. how yeah. it described to me by somebody and that made a lot of sense. It's like associating some kind of intent. It's not. You can't manifest everything, but it starts sort of a domino effect, sort of in whatever, the subquantum space-time. That's the way I like to think about it. And it doesn't matter how you think about it, because honestly, that's how I think about it. But you can think about that magic happening however you want it to. But at the same time, you can't chalk it all up to human intention. Humans cannot plan something. Mm, I don't know. There's limits to what we can do. Like, I don't well, think what are their, their own beliefs? Their own belief is that it's, a, it's, a, it's alien entities that are uh, assisting them. And that they go beyond, they're mm. doing the work with them. They're just complying with the alien intelligences. I mean, this is in their own You're words. About the, are you talking about the conspirators? I'm talking about uh, in terms of the OCO, what they themselves have to say about what they're doing. Oh, Do you, course, you ever see the fucking Alex Jones where he's talking about the, this, uh, sorry. I, uh, I want to be careful here because you ever see the Alex Jones where he's saying they... They believe that there are machine elves yeah, that seen talk the, to the them through thing. DMT. Yeah, they're the ones smoking them. the DMT. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I want to be clear. I want to be careful. I'm not trying to be a dick. Because the way you just said it, it sounded... No, it, I'm it, talking it, about it something sp specifically that was stated right. by Kenneth Grant mm -hmm. and things that have been stated by Alistair Crowley concerning LOM as Iowa's. Sure. Like the very direct, like you look at, um, what is it, uh, the laws for all, where but he it's, it's take it Crowley's full circle. own commentary take it full on his circle. own work. Wait, wait. Take it full yeah. circle, though, right? You know, uh, John was talking, uh, what seemed maybe at the time as somewhat of a non sequitur, John, you were talking about the distinction between Robert Anton Wilson's experience and, say, a Philip K. Dick's serious experience, right? Right. So, you know, this is this to me is the problem with a Gnostic, quote-unquote, Gnostic experience. A Gnostic experience is the true vision. But, you, again, if you're looking, you can still receive a pure light of a Gnostic vision, but if your lens is fucking dirty... Right. <laughs> it can, so, like, you know, one guy gets the vision and becomes Robert Anton Wilson and tries to fucking free humanity. Another guy gets the vision and becomes Kenneth Grant. Another, you know what I'm saying? Another guy gets the vision and becomes Alistair. These, these are 
the this is the inherent danger in the vision is well, if you believe no, you're there's not even supposed yeah there's not even supposed to be the ability to prophesize anymore right if you I believe mean... that you actually you got it you got the truth that makes you horribly dangerous because you you've convinced yourself I, I this is it I, you know I'm this is divinely inspired um you know what I actually uh I think is one of the most educational alternative perceptions of prophecy I, did, uh, I ask anyone who's uh, slightly like into literature grab a copy of the Iliad it's a pretty boring book actually in my opinion um, like a good chunk of the book is pretty fucking boring but just read like the first few chapters there's a thing in there where the gods the gods of Olympus are deciding how to kind of manipulate human beings into they they have their own convoluted thing that they want the gods are kind of fighting well i promised this guy he could win a war but yeah but you know i promised this guy that if he sacrificed this thing to me he could marry this woman and yeah i promised you know whatever or i kind of hate this guy and i kind of want him to die whatever so then they come with this thing and they go all right how do we kind of make all these convoluted prophecies kind of come true as so we can kind of technically all keep our promises but not really and what they decide to do is they send a vision to the leader of the army <clears throat> an intentionally false vision they send a uh, Zeus sends a vision to the guy saying that if he goes and attacks when he wakes up tomorrow and attacks this fucking thing he's gonna win and be the and have all the glory. So he wakes up in the morning and goes, I had a fucking vision. I'm going to go do this. But they, they set him up for failure with a false vision. And it's just, it's just so interesting to me because there's very few uh, religious or quasi-religious or quasi-spiritual texts or anything, even remotely touching on this subject, where... We are not treating the vision as a form of truth, let, let alone if you're, you're misinterpreting it or through a dirty lens, but that you would actually have instances of the vision itself is false. And this is, the, you know, this is something that only, um, you only see nowadays in like a fundamentalist Christian sort of perspective of like, oh, Satan put that there to tempt you or to trick you or whatever, right? Well, this is a very important point that you're touching on because the the <clears throat> whole idea of the temple was for purification from different um, intelligences that would skew perception. Because you're you're emphasizing <clears throat> that the high priest needs to be able to prophesize, and so he's apparently like the whole idea is that he's doing all this work, and that all this whole temple ritual is based around him receiving something that's beyond our paradigm and that basically our, our paradigm has confines, but that it, they look at it like, it's, just, it's not that far out of an idea. It's just like if you had a parasite in your stomach and you started getting cravings for Why cheese. Why do you keep saying parasite? Fuck, that's you, the third sink in the last two fucking hours. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you get a craving for fucking cheese or whatever and you look at the cheese and you see the cheese imbued with some... Like, it's got some added significance or whatever, because you want it. 
but it's really the fucking thing in your stomach sending signals to your brain that you want to cheese. So if you take that notion of things that attach themselves to us on multiple levels and that by them attaching, they're skewing our vision. And so you're not able to receive a real insight. What you get are these different intelligences offering you a representation of an insight. And so that's why they say at this point, it's very unlikely that people are even able to prophesize because we're so immersed in so many influences that we can't get a clear line to actually have something come from beyond, or at least it's, it's ex far more challenging than it used to be, which would explain a lot when you look at the different types of structures around the world. It seems like there's this degradation that happened when you should expect it should go in the opposite direction. I mean, we have the illusion where we're like, oh, our technology is advancing or whatever, but we don't even fucking know how they stack those megalithic stones, let alone cut them, let alone move them from a quarry miles and miles and miles away, etc. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was something fucking going on with us. And I, I don't think that our perception of things used to be how it is now. And that we have no basis for comparison because we're here now. So we're, we, we inevitably have this amnesia, you know. Uh, but there's, there's strong evidence that our, our perception of the world was actually radically different at, a, at another point. Which is ironic then, or I don't know if that's the operative, but that we're relating to these ancient texts and looking at their significance and whatnot. Being that we're, we're so inevitably far removed from whatever level they were relating that with at the time because our, our perceptions are totally skewed by all kinds of influences. Does that make sense? And you can't div in the future perfectly because the future itself is indeterminate. The universe itself doesn't even know where it's going completely. Like, there's these archetypes and these mythologies that keep manifesting themselves and they're clearly part of some kind of transpersonal unconscious, something deeper than what we can measure but then the question is okay does that mean everything's predetermined or you know we're definitely going towards i think we, we're going towards a destination like an attractor but i don't think there's anything predestined about it and any chaotic system will show you that you change the parameters enough within the system if enough of the components reorganize themselves you'll change the attractor itself and you'll change the way that right. the system goes well, so it, there's nothing determined about any of this and it's just and divination will always be imperfect and it's beyond just like oh our society has distractions yes well go to any indigenous culture they weren't doing it perfectly either and they're removed from western distractions too right yeah i mean but there's there's definitely some very specific lines of force happening that yeah, are, there's, that there's are relatively currents. real. You know, there's there's currents. currents, but it's like, again, if this is immeasurable, you'd have to be the most gifted psychic on Earth to be able to know exactly what's going no, on. No, no. What what there's what no one that can need, do that and no one will ever do that. What you need is enough people all working on the same lines in their own way in order to drive the whole thing in a, in a direction. And that is why it's chaos. But that's also why it's order. It's because it takes this many minds at work on a matter to, to, uh, to do what we're doing. And that's why it, it's helpful to have people unconsciously participating. Because then the people who are consciously participating have an upper hand on the direction that it takes. But the people who are unconscious are still contributing. They just don't know it. But, well, uh, I'm sorry. That's how you... hypnosis works. But so, you know, you've taught her the idea that Kabbalah means to receive, right? Right. Yeah. Real Kabbalah. Yeah. Not a cabal. No, no, no. Well, okay. A because, cabal means to enforce. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, but, but I'm just saying, all right, sort of the, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm just throwing different things into this stew here. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, not trying to confuse the conversation, but to say the vision, the 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 divine light, the thing that potentially is to be received. You you do you do believe in some sort of divine light or whatever expression you want to use that can that it is possible to be to be received. You were saying this is what you were saying, but maybe not possible to even prophesize anymore. But not probable to prophesize anymore. Right. Um, I guess my question is. There's still a certain amount of the light is coming through, even if even if we've dirtied. Well, of course you're alive. That's the whole point. The emanated right. flow is what's keeping you alive. It's your it's your real sustenance. So I guess what I'm saying is, how do we? All right. So um, uh, this maybe this is how I can make my point. Uh, I saw um, uh, on Facebook. I was so happy to see that uh, Michael Schott just put up a blog post about sirens of titan apparently he he was convinced to to finally read it oh, that's a philip k dick book uh it's a kurt vonnegut book oh okay and um i've been pushing people to read this book for fucking years it's um if anyone's interested in the philip k dick rob ransom wilson sort of serious connection i mean this is so mm. fucking it's it's basically the the subtext of the, I mean it's 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 an actual plot point. And you mentioned Stonehenge and moving megaliths, is that at the end of the book it turns out that there are these space aliens who were just one of their friends crash landed on Earth, and he needs a part for his spaceship. And he sends a message back to his solar system and says, hey man, I need this part to fix my spaceship to get home. So they, the only way they can communicate is they send these signals to Earth and ha- and they influence all of human history to send, so basically they build Stonehenge, which in their language says something to the effect of like, we'll get that part to you as soon as possible. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> right, and then they do like the Great Wall of China means like um, we're work, you know, we're, we're messages received, we're working on it, or you know, like whatever. It's like this kind of like joke. It's it's, it's the whole thing is a, is a joke, but basically saying all they are influencing all of human history, and people when they realize this at the end of the book, they have different reactions to it. Like there's one the one woman I don't want to ruin the thing, but one like like one of the main characters like kills themselves. Like they they couldn't bear with this idea of like, I have no control over what the fuck my whole human existence, right? But this is a theme throughout Kurt Vonnegut's work, and I, um, I was trying to find it just a few minutes ago. I was trying to Google. I I wrote an article for a website that apparently is gone. That uh, so now I have to, I'd have to. Find, it was actually something I was gonna do in my original sync book article. Kurt Vonnegut, in um, one of his other books, shit, he, um, I can't remember what book it is. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try and find it. But he, 
Kurt Vonnegut never has publicly admitted to be getting a transmission from Sirius. He's not. He doesn't fit into the Timothy Leary, Robert Anton Wilson, you know, um, Philip K. Dick community of people who have claimed this experience. Mm-hmm. But in one of his books, he's talking about aliens sending a transmission to Earth, and if you, um. He talks about this character whose name is like, it's just one fucking paragraph where he's talking about it. And uh, it's actually, it's like a made up story. He says, oh, I was going to write a story about blah, blah, blah. And the word gets broken up. So it's hyphenated. So the character's name was like Dr. Sonoko, I think it was or something. Right. But it's like S-O-N hyphen O-C-O-C-O or whatever. Right. Like, it gets broken up onto the next line. So, it's, if you look at the page, it actually says, dog. The whole thing is about the guy's dog, and then it says, dog, son. Like, it's like this whole thing, like or dog star. And it's like this really weird thing, and I'm like, wait a second, is this, does he even realize that he did that? Or is he doing that intentionally? Or what the fuck's happening here? He's got a second fucking story, um, uh, in a short story where he talks about uh, same thing. Someone who gets this transmission, they find that they have these like divinely inspired things and they have this little bump behind their ear and they find out that they're actually not that smart. They're just getting transmissions from this other planet that's telling them everything. And then the guy kills himself because he can't move with the fact that he's actually not smart at all. It's just the transmission that he's receiving is so amazing. Right. And this is a reoccurring theme throughout the dude's work. And I guess my point is like, sure, sure. And I'm just like, I, I said, I have notes somewhere. I collected all these different things. And I was like, I think either he had an experience and struggled with it, or it's all subconscious. Who the fuck knows? But point is, in Sirens of Titan, at the end, so like he has these two characters that kind of like struggle with this thing of like, oh, I'm just getting this transmission. I'm just, I'm the vessel. And I'm not ha- I'm not content being the vessel. And uh, at the end of Sirens of Titan, this one woman she says, "You know, I the whole life I fought being used by anybody. This I, the idea of anyone using me for anything was like the one thing I couldn't bear with." And then she realized like every aspect of my life has been manipulated, and I'm I'm just being used. Every second of my life I've been used, and it's like. But at least I got used for a good purpose, like whatever, whatever it was at the end. She's like, you know, like, or maybe, maybe there's no escaping being succumbing to the will of others in this world. But at least I'm, I'm, I can't put it into, I'm I'm doing a horrible job of putting it into words. And what I want to sort of stress here, and I'm not, I'm not even selling, I'm not selling his, his, the moral of his story as, as my philosophy or anything. What I'm trying to throw into this stew though, is that we have, again, there's so many competing influences, as you say, and it's going to be really fucking hard to make the distinction of what is the false influence of a, a false message? What is the true light of a divine inspiration? And what is the will of asshole marketing executives or random 
quasi-occult organizations or politicians or, you know, people who just want to sell you soap and, you know, cornflakes, right? Like, all these things are competing. And it's not to say, well, I just hope they're doing some good. It's not like, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to say here. But to say, like, I have, for lack of a better term, some faith. And I'm not, it's it's a hard word for me to even muster because it's so loaded, but to say that of those 30 different things that we can put on the table that are influencing us, the bigger fish, the biggest fish that I can see would be the actual wiring under the board, would be the the godhead, whatever you want to call it, would be the biggest fish. And it's not about just throwing up my hands and having faith that it's all going to work out or that it's all for the best or any. I'm, that's really not my my well, philosophy or personality. But I I I just know I just feel like a, there's a part of me that knows not. To, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you for listening to this broadcast from the SyncBook Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, there's so much more content waiting for you at thesyncbook.com. Tune in to our other SyncBook radio programs, 42 Minutes, Always Record, The Marty Leeds Mathematical Radio Hour, Synchronize, Pentimental, and Sync Quick News. Our newest episodes are always free, and members get access to our full archive of over 600 hours. You'll find all of this, as well as our books and videos, at thesyncbook.com.
Cause I gotta have faith.